This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. It's uh, 27 January, Year of Our Lord, 2023. Um, boy, that's a nice hard stop right there. Uh, okay, it's Friday. Uh, it's Friday, and uh, and we're rolling here. I want to thank uh, Memphis for for uh, being able to get us up uh, here. Uh, Boris uh, Epstein. Boris, we were going to get you on here in the last hour to talk about the speech tomorrow, but I do want to ask you, you know, Matt Schlapp made the analogy um, about between Kevin McCarthy and Rana that say, hey, look, you know, the entire uh, war room posse and everybody was against McCarthy. We, we had this situation uh, where, you know, for five days we fought him. Uh, he made big concessions, and it looks like, you know, even Russ Vogt, who's his number one critic, said he was the head of the cartel, and we couldn't even start negotiating until he was gone, said the other day, if he continues down the path that looks like he's set with the type of people he's put on rules, the type of people he's put in charge of the investigations, and uh, particularly what he's doing, the debt ceiling, he could be positioned for maybe a historic speakership. Uh, and Matt Schlapp said, look, we got to put the same pressure on Rana, and, and maybe it turns out. What, what's, what's your assessment? Because I got to tell you, the audience is beyond disappointed, sir. Steve, honorably with you, I'm to view it that way, and here's what I'll tell you. Five days of this ballot cast such a bright light on politics in America, such a bright light on the new magnitude and there's long now, no doubt, a several weeks later, if you look at yeah, we're uh, Boris. We're gonna Boris. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to reboot you because we can't hear anything. Let's see, let's see if Memphis can go ahead and reboot uh, Boris. And so let me go to Darren Beatty uh, for a minute. Uh, Darren, um, it's very. Uh, I've used this word a couple times. Fortuitous that we have you on today to talk about this because, and we're gonna try to get Boris back up uh, in a minute. Um, Darren, you'd written this piece. There was a piece on. Um, on uh, Revolver, that was very interesting having you on about Paul Ryan. But here yes. we just went through the same exercise. Is, is have we learned? Have we learned anything? Give us your assessment on Friday evening, the twenty seventh of January, and twenty three. Given that we just everybody threw all in out in uh, in Dana Point, Mike Lindell, uh, Harmeet, Caroline Rand, they had a big team out there whipping, uh, and they essentially end up with a third of the votes, sir. Well, that's a great question, and indeed it is fortuitous. Um, if anyone wants to see something really savage, some have even said it's a little bit too brutal, Revolver.News has the piece of basically Paul Ryan getting shoved back in the blocker again where he belongs because he has no business near any kind of political power influence. He peeked, he, he, he poked his head out a little bit to basically say, oh, Trump is a proven loser, he's done. And it really reminds us what's at stake because Paul Ryan represents not only ideologically and aesthetically and spiritually, I guess I covered all the bases with those three, but he represents 
psychologically, aesthetically, spiritually, ideologically, the old and dead and crusty and uninspiring GOP that Trump basically um, put a stake through the heart of, and they're trying desperately to end Trump as a political phenomenon, not just the man, but the political phenomenon. They're trying desperately to end this at all costs. And so Paul Ryan was kind of trotted out to say, oh, well, I don't think he's gonna, you know, he, he's, he's a proven loser, this and that. For Paul Ryan to call anyone a proven loser is, is pretty rich, frankly. But I want to make a point in light of the recent sort of Ronna McDaniel thing and the Kevin McCarthy thing and the Paul Ryan thing, because I think Paul Ryan is actually a very different kind of creature from a Ronna McDaniel or a Kevin McCarthy. In fact, I think it's useful to illustrate the difference between McCarthy and Paul Ryan. And I think the difference is this. Paul Ryan actually has beliefs. He has convictions. They happen to be profoundly counterproductive, bad for the country, and stupid. But he has genuine convictions of a kind of watered down, charitably put, maybe 105 IQ tier, like libertarian philosophy talking points that translate really poorly into the policies that he advocates. Basically, he just wants to take away um, money from old people, which is actually far less, uh, has far less support than Trump's original Muslim ban, which, you know, he chided uh, Trump for. But Paul Ryan has real convictions. They're bad convictions, but they're real convictions and bad. Whereas Kevin McCarthy, in my kind of own humble, personal kind of psychoanalysis, Kevin McCarthy has no genuine beliefs other than advancing his own career, which maybe as a person speaks worse of him, but as somebody that you can actually work with, it's actually more of an advantage because as somebody with no real ideology, He'll go in whatever direction bullies him stronger. If the establishment side bullies him more, he'll go with the establishment. If our side bullies him more, or you know, you can put it more diplomatically, if we pressure him more, if we exert more leverage, then he'll go with us. Convictions have nothing to do with it. And so Kevin McCarthy is much more of a swamp creature in that, I think, more kind of literal uh, uh, sense, the more direct sense of being a swamp creature is he's totally up for sale, whichever side bullies him more. And if you know how to bully, he can actually be an instrument for good. Whereas Paul Ryan is so inveterately infected with um, counterproductive ideology, there's really nothing you can do with him. He can never be a force for for uh, for a positive change. And so I would say if I had to compare the two, I would say Kevin McCarthy is a cut above Paul Ryan for that reason. Let's go back to, uh, and by the way, we're still trying to track down the Boris, we're having a tough time hooking up with it, connecting. I want to go back to, to Paul Ryan because, look, here is what I think is frustrating this audience, and they're, and they're kind of at their limit, is that they do the work, uh, they put up the small dollars, but it's a huge percentage of their income. They're the ones focused. They're the ones out there. They're actually the foot soldiers, right, the hoplites. And they don't feel they're being listened to. And and the reason is is that although McCarthy and, and, and Rana may not have deep-seated beliefs, the beliefs they do have are what they will – their natural default position – is always to these what you call the old Republican Party positions. 
Now, you were the speechwriter that was in the White House that I think was the most brilliant speechwriter. It was helped craft uh, President Trump's ideas into actual rhetoric that uh, that really moved the agenda in those first couple of years. But but uh, compare and contrast when you talk about that, the old Republican Party ideas, which uh, Ryan is uh, uh, he's part of the intelligentsia in that. He's a unique character in that he is both a man of action as being Speaker of the House and a politician, but he's also a thinker. I will give Paul one thing. He, these are deeply held beliefs of his, deeply read. And it may be 105 IQ, but it's a deeply read. The other guys, and they're up front, Ronna and, and, and McCarthy. McCarthy will never make a—he'll a, tell you, I'm not a policy guy. I'm a political guy about, right. about how to count votes and, and how to go. So compare and contrast the old Republican Party and what these deep-seated beliefs are and the, still the default position of the Ronas and the McCarthys versus MAGA and America First, and where you see that right now in these massive fights that we have before us, sir. Right. Well, I, I, I tried to illustrate the difference a little bit in, in my kind of earlier monologue, but basically Paul Ryan, you know, and you saw this even during the Trump candidacy is like, yes, there was kind of a broad swath of never Trumpers, but then there were almost sort of swampy establishment types who cozied up a little bit more to Trump or at least begrudgingly supported Trump before the ideolo- ideological people like the, you know, the Paul Ryan types, the, the never Trump types, the people who were the National Review types. They were motivated by this kind of really mid-tier movement conservative ideology that just animated the never Trump movement. Whereas, for instance, somebody like Bob Dole, who is an embodiment of an establishment type figure, nonetheless, kind of, I think he actually supported Trump, um, you know, certainly more so than these movement conservative types. And so I don't know if I would call Bob Dole a swamp, but I think there's a distinction between the swamp and these sort of ideologically motivated never Trumpers. And Paul Ryan is more or less in the latter category. He's ideologically motivated. He has his sort of cliff notes to libertarian ideology that conveniently and self-selectively translates into basically a handout regime for the corrupt corporate interests that largely control the country. But he's very genuinely animated that by that. Whereas, again, these creatures like Ronna McDaniel and Paul Ryan are, I'm sorry, Ronna McDaniel and Kevin McCarthy are more vacuous in that sense. There's no genuine animating ideology. And so they're more machine creatures. And so whatever kind of the internal logic of the machine is, um, that's the direction they go. Unfortunately, that's not generally the direction we're in. But I still think there's more room to work with someone like a McCarthy than there yeah. is a Paul Ryan. And in any case, they represent very different archetypes. And I think it's it's helpful to understand that distinction. Hang on one second. I do have Boris. Let me get Boris back on the phone. Boris, we're, we're talking in, 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 in uh, this piece up on Revolver. If you haven't had a chance to read it, it's quite brilliant. But it, it, uh, uh he goes back and really takes on Paul Ryan and starts with Paul Ryan coming out on Jake Tapper's show the other day. Darren really good, does a good job of of deconstructing what Paul Ryan really is the heartbeat or the represent, representative of the old Republican Party that P- Trump 
basically shattered. So how do we, given this, and quite frankly, for the grassroots, it was a defeat today. One-third of the people voted to support the grassroots, two-thirds didn't. Give us your assessment of the situation, particularly you got guys like Paul Ryan, who really are coming on TV now and mocking President Trump. And he says President Trump's a loser. He's got no chance to be the nominee. Uh, we've moved past Trump. Boris Epstein, your uh, your analysis, observations, and thoughts, sir. Steve, honor be with you. Honor be with the posse. Glad we got the technical difficulties figured out. The deep state will never keep us down. First of all, as to Paul Ryan, uh, you know, Paul Ryan is literally the epitome of a loser. One of the worst uh, cam- uh, tickets in American history, really, if you look at Mitt Romney and, and Paul Ryan as that VP pick, uh, a, a, Paul Ryan losing literally his hometown. Uh, and then, but you know, more broadly, Paul Ryan epitomizes loss and that there's a real opportunity with President Trump control the Senate and control the House to do to do a lot of good on everything from taxes to debt ceiling to to foreign trade. And all of that was done by President Trump, but Paul Ryan was against all of it. So you know, it's, it's, it's almost a little strange to be talking about Paul Ryan. You know, he's just making his, you know, fat cash over there at, uh, at News Corp and, you know, with Fox News. And, you know, that, that's his business. And he could take his howdy-doody haircut and the reverse widow peak and go away. Uh, in terms of in terms of where we stand, let's be realistic and let's be honest about where this prim- the, the primary season for 2024 stands. And a poll, the, the precise poll, precise is the name of the polling entity, well-respected, thousands of people polled. President Trump is at 59, and the next is Ron DeSantis, who was not announced at 24. And now you've seen story after story after story from Politico, from the Financial Times, from NBC, about the fact that any potential challenges to President Trump are giving it a lot of second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth, hundred thoughts. Why? Because they realize that President Trump is the broad shoulders this country needs. They also realize that President Trump has a relationship and an authenticity and a connection with the Republican electorate, unlike anybody in modern and maybe American history. And in terms of what's happened, if you look at the process, those five days on the speakership, Steve, the bright light that's shown on our democracy, the bright light that's shown on the MAGA-controlled Republican Party and the results, you have to say that the way it worked out has so far been a positive. Look at Jim Jordan at Judiciary, James Comer at Oversight, Jason Smith at Ways and Means, Elise Stefanik at Powerful Position. Look at the Committee on Weaponization stacked with pro-MAGA members run by Jim Jordan. Again, Elise Stefanik playing a major role there with Dale Issa and others. So, what has happened in the House of Representatives is a complete magaization of the House and of the Republican caucus. Now, in terms of what's going to happen at the RNC, there's only one way forward, and the one way forward is to, is to actually bring about the results that are demanded by the grassroots, that are demanded by the base. The vote happened. That's the structure of the RNC. The there's 168 members. That's the way it's been. Should it change? Maybe. Maybe. I think that a lot of people will say that there's a good there's a good reason to look at the infrastructure, good look, look at the bones of the entity, but that wasn't going to change in today's vote. And I think the fact that there was a true challenge and a, and a, and a spirited contest, I frankly think that Mike Lindell didn't get his due in a lot of ways. Uh, th- that again shown a bright light. You had political writing writing you know top of the website articles about a playbook running on the headline. The RNC race dominated 
the news cycle for a little bit. And why did it dominate the news cycle? Because of the heat and the strength and the passion of the MAGA grassroots. So on candidates, on the electoral, on the, on the uh, election integrity, on ensuring that all our states are ready to fight against the Democrat rigging and stealing of our elections. It is now incumbent upon Ronna McDaniel, as she's been reelected, and the RNC to deliver the goods, as Kevin McCarthy has worked hard to deliver. How can, how can he's been speaker look, so far? Look, 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 this is a, this is yeah, but this is a this is a you know the 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 core of the of the of the Trump base. How can President Trump assist? And Ronna McDaniel says, we, "I heard the grassroots." How can because these people are obviously more President Trump than the RNC. They don't care about the RNC. They care about the RNC, the ability to win elections and shape issues, which it's not doing. How can President Trump be of some assistance to his most avid followers who are saying there's got to be change? What's your what's your observations on that? I think that President Trump's positions on policy, these videos have been rolling out, and let's be honest, in, in a very fast, hot and heavy format. Everything from education to, of course, election integrity, to fighting weaponization of law enforcement, to the border, to the economy, to overspending. I think President Trump shining a light on the key issues that are facing the base, facing us as people who wake up in the morning, who work, who want to put our kids through school, who want control over what happens in those schools. I think President Trump continuing to make sure that the country is focused on what matters focused on getting rid of foreign conflicts. He said today, we've got to end this Russia-Ukraine thing. And he's right, because we cannot be spending tens and tens and tens of billions of dollars on a conflict halfway around the world when our country is falling apart, our border is falling apart, our economy is falling apart, when, when people can't afford, afford gas, can't afford baby formula. So let, let, I let's, let's, talk, let's talk about this for a second, because the speech... Issues, the, is what, uh, the speech tomorrow in New Hampshire is what's yeah, going to go ensure yeah. that the RNC, as well as the House of Representatives, and when we could take control of the Senate, they deliver for the American people, for the grassroots. So you probably know this issue better than, than most, but it, I've got the FT here. Lockheed ramps up F-16 production as Ukraine allies debate sending jets. They haven't even got a purchase order, and they're already building. And you know, uh, uh, Boris, uh, the, uh, the Lockheed Martin does not take risk in building F-16. So tomorrow in the speech, President Trump is going to outline uh, himself, not just as dealmaker, but peacemaker. What, what, what should be, uh, give us a pregame on what do you think this is going to, uh, to show us and to tell us? Because for him to kick off in New Hampshire, which is so historic, to go back to where he had his first victory in the primary in, 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 uh, in, in 16, and really put out there that I'm making this a major foreign policy speech to talk about stopping the madness in Ukraine. Walk us through what the highlight reel you believe might be. Well, I think both, both events are going to be robust. I think the president, as he is focused on, is going to talk about what he's put on, his, on truth on his social program, program platform, what he's put on uh, his, uh, his videos, which is if we keep feeding into this, this war is not going to stop. President said very well, very specifically and artfully, first tanks, then nukes. That is where, that is where this conflict, that is where this war is headed. And President Trump, again, calling that out in a video that was, that was released today. So I think what you're going to hear about tomorrow is the necessity to use 
what President Trump will do and would have done and will do again when he's president, which is utilize American might, utilize American strength, and do so to the end, to the point of ending this conflict, not giving more money to the, to the war industrial complex, not giving more money and, and having it be spent in, in this terrible corruption disaster in the Ukraine. You, you've got, what, now dozens of firings uh, over there because of, quote-unquote, corruption. And you know, who knows what's truly happening? Who's firing who? Who's throwing who under the bus? We know that Ukraine is one of the top three most corrupt countries in the world. Having said that, I'm also I've been consistent from the day, from the first day, Stephen. You know what? Because I said on this show that, that Vladimir Putin made a major mistake, major mistake, with launching this offensive, launching this invasion in the Ukraine. And what President Trump is, is going to continue focusing on, very much including tomorrow, is that we need to bring use American strength, American might, to bring these two entities to the table and say enough is enough, let's get past it, let's get it done, and let's move on. And that is the leadership we need. Is that, is that the leadership we can expect from pathetic, hopeless Joe Biden? No. But it's what we got and what we will get again with President Trump in the Oval Office. Uh, how do they get to your uh, social media and, and follow you, Boris, in the morning email? Steve, thank you so much. Tons going on out there. I'm proud to be putting information up all the time. Sign up on my website at BorisCP, BorisCP.com, hot on BorisCP.com, hot on at BorisCP on Getter, at BorisCP on Twitter, hot on at Boris of Truth Social, the hottest on the ground, Boris underscore Epstein. Stay strong, God bless, and Shabbat Shalom. Boris, thank you very much. Let me go back to Darren Beatty, a founder, publisher, editor-in-chief of, uh, of uh, Revolver. Uh, Darren, you know more about the color revolutions, what happened in the Maden revolution, what happened uh, with the color revolution over there, the CIA removing a democratically elected government, although a, a government that was quite friendly to Putin. Uh, you've, you've made the analogy of what they've done here against MAGA. Uh, now Ukraine. Give us your uh, battle assessment of where this madness stands, sir. Well, I, hope, I think the whole issue with the tanks is a very dangerous and inadvisable escalation, to say the least. I'm encouraged by Trump's recent statement on it, which is an occasion to remind ourselves that Trump was the only president in a long time who didn't start any new wars. And I think a lot of the country began to take that for granted. But now we're seeing with Biden that it's not something to be taken for granted at all. The default is for the president to start new wars, especially during times of desperation. And in this case, Biden's kind of reckless approach to just um, escalating things could very well um, get out of hand in a major way. And it looks like he was kind of pressured to do so. There's this weird dynamic going on with Germany, whereby, you know, on one hand, we can criticize Germany because, you know, the, all the people in the Pentagon were saying the German European tanks were much more suitable to be transferred to Ukraine than the American tanks. But the Germans are thinking, and again, I can kind of see their point of view here, if America's, you know, you know, steering the ship, Germans don't want to be left out with the optics of German tanks, you know, fighting against Russia when it's really America driving this proxy war. And so basically against any kind of military logistical logic um, demanded that we send our own tanks, um, which I'm sure is a great boon to the 
defense contractors. You mentioned Lockheed. Um, you know, all the people at Lockheed and Raytheon, they're, they're buying new condos now in anticipation of an escalation. But really, everyone else loses out. Uh, Russia is in a very bad position now as a result of this. Ukraine is in a horrible position. The American people who don't need their hard-earned tax money um, basically siphoned off in order to escalate a foreign conflict conflict that bears no relation to their interests they also lose out basically everybody loses out except for the special interests i, I want to bring it back we got a couple of minutes i know you got to bounce and i appreciate you doing this on a friday evening i want to pull up this headline for the from the financial times the lead about the f-16s without a purchase order they're ramping up production i want to bring yeah. it full circle back to paul ryan in the old republican party that is the yeah. neocons walk us through the mindset that gets us here that we've tried to shatter with America first hers. Think of the incentive structure behind that. Just think of what it means that our major defense contractor is basically pre-producing all of these all of these jets. You know, either they know something for sure that we don't, or they've created a situation where they're gonna have to use the overwhelming weight of their lobbying power to make something happen. And that something will likely involve those jets becoming part of this increasingly dangerous conflict. Again, to whose benefit? How many more condos do these people need? You know, I've made a, a very cynical joke before that I think the world would be better off, and this is a disgusting hypothetical, but I think the world would be better off if the executives of Lockheed and Raytheon and all these criminals would just think about how much money they would make from all these wars that they support and just send a bill to the taxpayer. We'll give them the money and we can forget about the war. So at least, you know, people don't have to die. At least, you know, conflict doesn't have to be prolonged. Just give them what they say, Mr. CEO of Lockheed, what do you think you're going to make from this war? Let me just write you the check and let's skip the war. I think we'd all be better off. Skip the death and destruction. The 40,000, 50,000 women and children dead in Ukraine would certainly be better. we got to bounce. Uh, Revolver, how they get there? We're going to get you back on Roseanne Boylan and all the breaking news coming out of the footage on J6. Sir, how do people get to you over the weekend and get to your site? Absolutely. It's revolver.news. There's an absolute feast. We've got Ukraine there. We've got absolute savage peace on Paul Ryan. And the best analysis you'll see on the church committee, the thing we've been pushing for for a long time, the best analysis, revolver.news. It's white hot. Have a feast this Friday night at Revolver News. Darren Beatty, great work. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you. Okay. We've got, we're coming back shortly. We got Joe Allen. We might have a p- couple of special guests. Stick around. In my younger days, I was a naval officer on a destroyer. In fact, I was the A-gang officer in charge of all the engineering systems that were not main propulsion. And one of those was air purification. And I can tell you, the standards of the United States Navy are second to none. If all home air purifiers are the same, why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships? Because EnviroCleanse, advanced mineral technology, goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness-causing cold and flu viruses, including COVID. EnviroCleanse is the new science in air purification, and now you can order one for your home. 
This is how you help stop colds and flus from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy-inflaming toxins and mold from the air your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com and use the code STEVE for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home purification unit. You also receive a free air quality monitor plus fast free shipping. That's $150 savings right there. That's ekpure.com code Steve. ekpure.com code Steve. Starting the new year, how will you prepare yourself, friends, and family? In the news, you're seeing constant government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflicts, natural disasters, and the never ending assault on our security and privacy. And relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it. That's why over the last year, I've been partnering with Satellite Phone Store to help you stay prepared and ensure your vital communications stay brighter. They're one of America's largest satellite companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. For a limited time, Satellite Phone Store has a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon. Get a bivy stick or an Imarsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Remember, that's you get a bivy stick or a Marsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Now, Satellite Phone Store's customer support team is located in the United States of America and can help you pick the best plan for you. Go to sat.com right now. That's sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon, and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That is sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon. Get it today. Take action, action, action. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to itargetpro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, all one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com, offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, I've got Joe Allen because we have some breaking news. The Financial Times is now all over. Guess what? 
artificial intelligence is in your life. The reason we always refer back to the FT or the Economist, these are the newspaper and the magazine that decision makers throughout the world read. We're very proud of the fact that we're always months and months ahead of what the news that they're telling decision makers through the world. Joe Allen's going to join us in a minute, but we got to go. We got breaking news here. We got Mike, the Mike Lindell on uh, from Dana Point. Uh, Mike, give us your assessment. I, I, I'll be blunt. Uh, your uh, beloved audience here at the uh, at the War Room uh, on both shows, not just on Lindell TV, but are uh, they're so furious. We've had a great show. We went to Darien Gap with Ben Burkbaum and Oscar Blue Ramirez. I've just had Darren Beatty on from Revolver doing an analysis of Paul Ryan. I've got Joe Allen, our artificial intelligence. We've had an amazing show. And I can tell you in the chat rooms, they, you know, they're going to go back and watch the show later. <laughs> they're just, they're furious. They're absolutely furious. And and quite, they they really like Carmeet, but you're their guy. And what they, and what I think got them most furious is, is, is Rana goes, grassroots, we've heard you, we've heard you. And I'll be blunt, they're not buying it, sir. Mike Lindell. Right. Well, first of all, everybody, I'm out of the soup for the first time in five days, so I'm, I'm relaxing a little bit here. <laughs> but um, I did so much media afterwards, you guys. You, you this is going to be better. We're going to come out of this, and coming out of this is going to be better. I want to give somebody some hope out there. Um, we, with all, when all you guys voted, when you did the Rasmussen report yesterday, and I almost doubled both of them combined. The media was put on guard, going, "Hey." You can't take it. If those 168 don't listen to what the people want, here we go again. And they did it again. But Rana made a, she did one thing. Steve, it was on your show amongst others. She said, if I win, I'm looking forward to working with Mike Lindell. Well, I'll tell you what, everybody, we've, we're going to hold her to that promise. I have learned more in four days. What? of the problems within the RNC, but they've also learned from me what the biggest problem this country faces, and that's our election platforms and getting rid of electronic voting machines and getting paper ballots hand counted, getting our elections back. Steve, the Daily Mail interviewed me. Huge, they had all these cameras today, but the Daily Mail. And he starts in and I said, you know what? You guys have hand counted paper ballots over in the UK. How's that work out for you? You know what he said? He goes, yeah, I can't believe that you guys don't have that here. Why do you think that is, Mike? I said, I don't know, because a few people like Brad Rastenberger, Robin Voss in Wisconsin, the Republicans have pushed back on getting rid of them and all the news outlets. I, I, I'll tell you, but you know what? Steve Fox News had me on, but they wouldn't have me on for an interview. I went up there and said, yes, I'm here for my interview. And the Fox News guy goes, Mike, you know I can't have you on, you know. But but anyway, everybody, there is we're just going to hold them accountable now because I know there's things I could say right now, Steve. I could fill up your whole show with what things that I couldn't even believe. I'm going really, really. Um, I bring up Data Trust and I bring up uh, Win Red to a guy, and he goes, "I'm the guy that sits on the board, both boards." And I'm going, "Okay." So we had an hour conversation, you know. Um, I got to know all these people. We're going to hold them accountable. We're going to be going to their states, everybody. And uh, um, so, but we, it's, I guess it's in their court right now. I hope Rana would reach out and say, okay, Mike, here's a platform for you. Here you go ahead and do this for the grassroots. Because uh, whoa, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
You would you accept, and why would we not force this? That you would have to be the the head of the election integrity uh, committee or subcommittee, whatever. Because quite frankly, the gap to the day in these reports, and let me be blunt, um, it looked like a uh, you know a, a garden party from the nineteen forties. With yeah. uh, let's have Miss Bessie over here. It was it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing to sit there and think that a group that raised $1.5 billion, I got to tell you, Mike, as much as people love you, I don't see them giving any money to the RNC. And and they're going to have to be shown that someone like you is actually in charge of the thing on voter integrity. They gave this thing that you would think it was like three minutes long. You heard it. It was like everything was fine. We've won all these victories and we've changed all these laws and everything's fine. It's like it was so every report was so detached from reality. I'm just sitting there. We were doing two live chats on Getter simultaneously. We had Grace Chung on one. I think Nicole O'Grady, O'Grady running the other. And, you know, there were 10,000 on each one. I'm jumping back and forth because one's got the C-SPAN feed and the other's got, I think, uh, Grace's feed herself or Nicole's. And of the 10,000 we had in each one, everybody's livid. And they're sitting there going, I can't believe this amateurish. And, it, I mean, you saw it. What was your assessment? Because that, well, that gets me what the problem is. Steve, there's there's the nothing there. The media. I was in the back by the media, and Harmeet went right out there in the media and said the same thing about election integrity, the weak world. Remember, she was a part of pulling out of Arizona and going to it on the advice of Harmeet and others to leave Terry Lake stranded there. So, you know what? They don't know it. When you use the word election integrity, how about you come out strong with election crime? We've got it. We've got to get our. We've got to get. We're a lawless nation when it comes to our elections right now. It was weak. It was disgusting. It was embarrassing that you're using a word like election integrity. We got this committee now. You're going to do a committee or a, you know a committee? Well, we got. We're two years ahead here at the. Uh, everybody here at the war room. Everybody here at the. Um, at the grassroots level, we're the ones out there doing the lawsuits and doing the canvassing and doing all these things. We're the ones that have been out there, and we're the ones that wanted to wake up the RNC, and we'll tell you what election integrity means. You don't even know what it means if you say, we're going to bring in a committee. Who? We've forgotten more about election crime, Steve, than they'll ever learn or ever know. So how, when are you, you going to be named the chairman of the Election Crimes Committee? Because that's what well, people want. The accountability, you know I think, I, starts with Mike Lindell having a major role. Yeah, they, they, I really believe that we got to hold Ron accountable to be to do that. This is what I want to do. I want to come in there and they get behind. When you have, we have to do this, everybody. We're going to lose our country. You, hang and, on, uh, hang on, hold, hold, hang on. Slow, slow down. You agree with me? I just want to. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you would agree that if you're not brought in at a senior position. You're the number one guy in the country on election crimes. The number one. There is no number two. You're, you, you know more about this than even President Trump. You've been all over the country. You put 30 or $40 million of your own money to work here. If they don't bring you in to chair the Elections Crimes Commission, however you want to call it, uh, how, you would say that that would be a great indicator that they didn't actually hear the grassroots. You would agree with that, sir? A hundred percent. If when Rana said she would work, she would do a grassroots tour, and, but she also said, I'm, I'm looking forward to working with Mike Lindell. Steve, what do you work? What do you think I've been working on for two years? So this is a wake up call to them. You better wake up. I better get that phone call because 
We have to. Steve, when you say I know about all the states, do you know I went to all these 168? We talked about each state. They couldn't believe the knowledge I had within each state. We go to Alabama, go, Alabama, do you know you're, you guys just dropped Eric, the most corrupt one of the systems ever? I want to do an example really quick. Here's what I explained to them, all of them. I said, you guys, when you had 90% of your Google, crooked Google, every month when you were fundraising, send 90% of your Gmails into spam, I said, that was done with the computer. Google did that to you, and you guys, Ron had to argue with the lawyers even to go after Google, but you attacked it, and you're still in a lawsuit. They bragged about it, Steve, it with the computer. But you guys don't address the ball field, the football field you're playing your elections on when the Democrats are like this, and you got going uphill, and you're not going to get to the top of that hill because of a press of a computer, and you don't want to look at that? They all got that, Steve. They all go, yeah, why wouldn't we do this, I did, right? Look, look I, I've, had, I've had the great honor of getting to know you as a businessman because you're a sponsor, and we, you know, we have a, we have a, a deal with you to, that we help market the, uh, the product, and I'm glad to report that Bed Bath & Beyond, as I put up on Getter yesterday, is going into bankruptcy, and I think they ought to go into liquidation, and their business only fell off. I know uh, it's not coincidence, or maybe it's not total correlation. Correlation is not causation, right? But the time they moved your pillows out, next thing you know, they're going bankruptcy. I'm just putting that out there. I can tell people that Mike Lindell is an incredibly smart business guy. Oh, my God. There she is. Hey, there she is. Hold across the lawn here. Hold on. And I said, wait a minute. Is that Mike Lindell here? I said, it sounds like he's somebody's argument Ask her, Carrie Lake, what is your what is your assessment of what went on today at the RNC? Well, I mean, everybody knows that Mike Lindell has been a friend for a long time. There's nobody in this country who cares more about election integrity than this man. And so I obviously was rooting for change. I was saying ABR, anybody but Rana. And I, of course, I would love to see Mike lead the party. And I was also rooting for Harmeet. I just feel the time was right for a change. Obviously, it didn't work for us. And we know that they counted the they counted the ballots by hand, right? I told the media, Steve. I said, "Are you going to accept this uh, this uh, election?" I said, "Absolutely. There's no machines. There's no machines." So they counted it by hand. Rana won. And what I hope happens, Steve, is that Rana heard the message from the grassroots. It's so important. We can't save this country unless we listen to the grassroots. And I hope that and the grassroots want me hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. If we don't see, I'm going to get to that in a second, but you were, let me be blunt. Were you abandoned by the RNC in your fight, historic fight, which you're still going to win? You are the legitimate governor of Arizona. Of that, there is no doubt. You know, I've read well, the briefings. I've read the court case. There's obviously, where were they for you? But and here's the question. Where's the one? I saw that thing today. That that meeting was a joke, and it was so unimpressive. It was. I was kind of embarrassed that the media was there watching that because it looked like a garden club from like the 1940s that, you know, uh, about the, the lemonade sale at the, but where did the $1.5 billion go? Please tell me, Carrie Lake, where the 1.5, they raised, they bragged about it. They'd raised $1.5 billion. Can you please tell me, ma'am, where well, you, I do heard, you have any idea of, where that money I went? the course of the past couple of days. And I, I, I don't, haven't verified this, but I've heard that they raised a couple hundred million for election integrity. We are asking the um, RNC to help us pay for some of our legal bills. We haven't had them do that yet. They've said they would help a little bit, and we're hoping that they actually do that. Hold on, let me turn my phone off. 
<laughs> and um, so we'll see what happens. But the people are interested in election integrity. They know that our country's gone. It's over. It's kaput if we don't have honest elections. And that's why Carrie Lake, I Carrie Lake, Carrie, Carrie Lake, hang on, hang on, hang on. If 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 she says she's heard the grassroots, she heard she says, I've heard the grassroots has been very tough. I heard the grassroots is a, uh, a, a a minimum of that hearing making Mike Lindell head of the Election Crimes Commission to get to the I, bottom of this before absolutely. we get into the. Absolutely. She, I did watch today. I was that's watching a minimum. It that's minimum. a minimum. She called Mike up and she called Harmeet up and said, I want you guys involved. And wherever Mike wants to serve, I, I mean, bless this man. He's one, done so one much. One place, election, crime, election. We, 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 we have all the info. Here it is. Let's go for it. Yeah. And I hope that Ronna will listen. I hope that we can. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to correct some here, Carrie, because I haven't got to tell you this. Harmeet is part of that, too. She's a lawyer that's in there, and I talked to her, and she is not as far as a, over there. We have to pull her in, too, and think, uh, this is election crime. You have to have the courage to take it on. Because yeah. she did abandon you in, in Arizona. <laughs> Yeah, the I don't. Yeah, I don't want to make it about. Hang, hang on. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to make it about Harmeet. Hang on. But if you read these briefings, Carrie Lake, the governorship of Arizona was stolen from you and the people of Arizona, not just MAGA and not just your supporters. That election was stolen. Where is the RNC today at this minute? As you go into appellate court, because this fight's not. only going to get nastier in Arizona. Sadly, I wish they were sitting here with Mike and I saying, this is our number one priority. It yes. is the issue of our moment. And they're not here. And and here's the problem. Um, I Unfortunately, Ronna, who I've never even met in person, is going out on national television doing interviews, attacking me. When, when she is hit with the legitimate concern of, Ronna, you haven't been winning elections for us, her response is, we have terrible candidates, and then she throws oh, my name yeah, into it. Yeah. And I say, we ran an incredible campaign. It was about we the people. It wasn't about me. It was about us. It was about we the people. Mm -hmm. and, and because she doesn't want to take any of the blame, she throws it at people like me and Blake, who work so hard, citizen politicians, and attacks us. And I hope that she will change her ways, because that's not going to win over anybody. Well, it, and I want to say this, Steve. It's, uh, this is what I said you know, with Harmeet and the, all the 168. I spent four days here talking to them about the biggest platform. If you're not on a fair, a play, a fair playing field, and some of them don't even believe there was election crime, they believe that you were, some of them said, oh, Kerry wasn't the right candidate. She should have did this. Wow. One of them said specifically, I said, no, she's one of the best candidates we ever had. And I said, what do they all have in common that a Kerry Lake, a no. Bishop, Kim <laughs> Marchand, a Christina Crump, all were going to take care of our election platforms and they were taken from. They didn't want these people and in And that there. scares the consultant class of the Republican Party. Because I didn't hire those people, Steve. You know that. I didn't bring in the Washington consultants. I knew that people in Washington, D.C. have no idea what the people of Arizona truly want. And they're offended by people well, like me. We're not beholden to Ronna McDaniel has not. You've been there for three days. Ronna McDaniel has not pulled you aside and say, let's have a cup of coffee and spend five minutes together? Have you guys spent any yeah. time with each other one-on-one? -on -one? No, we haven't, unfortunately. Have and, and you know what? I do want to reach out to her because here's what's going on. And I, and I know that this might not be the popular view. Ronna won. Hey, full, and stop. full stop. Hang on, full stop. You, should, you, shouldn't have to reach, you shouldn't have to reach out to Ronna McDaniel. You're the 
freaking governor of Arizona, you just won an incredibly tough race because you stood for policies that MAGA stands for. She should be blowing your phone up every day. Can I get five minutes? This is outrageous. But, but here's what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to meet with her and say, let's move forward because this next election, if we do not get President Donald Trump back in the White House, I don't know how much longer we can last. I think our republic is in peril. I will do everything in my power. If that means I campaign across the country, whatever it means, I want to get President Trump I, in because I want my yeah. children to have a future. But, 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 but hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. If we don't get you in Arizona, if we don't get you in Arizona now, I'm not going to sure we have sovereignty. That's the right. Number well, one that's my number one place. The Katie, Katie Hobbs very, and, you, and, you're, and, and your, your election and your and your trial and with this evidence is everything. And you heard Wendy Rogers brought this stuff with the signature verification should have been in the trial in the first place. Arizona is everything. To me, there's no tomorrow unless we get this thing turned around in Arizona. Carrie Lake. Well, my- my number one, my plan A is to win our election. We have all of the evidence right here in front of us. It is ironclad. We have the law. And we've really painted these judges into a corner. Right. They have to look at the evidence and they have to apply the law. And if they don't, their reputation is gone. Right. And so hopefully they do the right thing. Hopefully they love this country enough and I pray that they will do the right thing. But I will do, and as I'm working our court case, and I know Mike is fighting as well, I'm also going to fight for President Donald J. Trump because I believe we need him back in office uh, to save this country. Uh, Before I go, I just want to say I want to say one thing. Um, And Carrie, because you're always perfectly turned out, you always show up your camera ready. It's the first (laughs) time I've ever. It's it's the first. No, your camera ready. Hold it, your camera ready. This is the first time in the history of the war room that Mike Lindell. It's like President Trump. Mike Lindell has ever been on the war room. Without the tie, the jacket, right. you know, properly turned out as a businessman he is. But, but, but Mike, I just got, Mike, I just got, <laughs> go ahead. I heard him. We're walking across the lawn. I hear somebody <laughs> la- being very loud. I go, it sounds like somebody's arguing politics. We better go break it up. And then I looked over and I saw the flannel shirt and I said, that's Mike Lindell. He only wears a suit. Only when we got right up to him did we realize it was Mike, and that's when I jumped into the uh, Hold hold it. I realize the evenings in in Southern California, you're in one of the most beautiful resorts in California. Mike, I know you're you're an outdoorsman from Minnesota, but the lumberjack shirt is maybe not the casual. casual That's all they see. I got down here, and all I had was suits and ties. I bought this in the gift shop. I can't believe they had a Minnesota shirt in the gift shop. It's beautiful. You know what? I just had an idea. My pillows, my slippers, my coffee, and my flannel. You need to start with my flannel. My flannel. Hey, by the way, I'm going to announce Carrie, your big announcement yeah. coming up, Steve. You know that. My pillow 2.0. We're going to announce it on the war room next week. And we're, we're going to break it. Carrie, real quickly, I need everybody to know from you this huge thing. We're actually going to have coverage. The war room is going to be out there with the crew. Tell us about the event on Sunday, ma'am. Great. We're having a rally on Sunday. We want we know that the people are with us and not just the people of Arizona, the people of America. And frankly, Steve, I know this might be shocking, maybe not to your to your folks that are, are watching you and War Room fans. The people of the world are watching what's happening in Arizona. And so we're bringing a, uh, a rally together to get everybody uh, focused in on what's happening in our case, because the fake news won't cover it fairly. We're going to update them. We're going to tell them where this is going and bring back that energy that we need so badly and we're going to start praying for the judges and praying for the people involved. Is Fox going to show up? Is that really? 
<laughs> He's a comedian now. Um, I don't know. Let's see. We did get That's who we should pray for Fox to show up. We had 33 people in the media can't, reach can't. out. I just bumped into some people from the Daily uh, Mail Daily out of Daily the Mail. UK. Yeah. And I said, um, no, I hope you guys covered it fairly because what we're going to talk about Sunday is really important. What, what's, your, what's your website that people can go to and find out more? We're going to be back on tomorrow live at 10 a.m. right here in the war room. SaveArizonaFund.com. And I find it humorous that the uh, left-wing media is trying to say, oh, my gosh, they're grifters, all of that. You know, we really rarely ask for money. If you want to help with our court case and help with our legal fees, we appreciate that. What the left should do if they're really care we gotta about accounting is they should start looking at the Democrats who've, who've laundered money through FTX to pay for the Democrat policy. We have to bounce. Mike Lindell, talk to you. Hopefully, I'll get you on tomorrow morning. Mike Lindell show next on Lindell TV. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.